you yeah, know, do like live streams, streams. Yeah, yeah, of, and, and of like, stuff like this, you know? Have everyone like put in their bets and shit like that. That could be fun. Yeah, it would be awesome. Uh, that would be awesome. Like a big Oscar party. Yeah, that would yeah. be fun. That'd be good times. Yeah. You know what else is good times? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixel It. Happy oh, New Year! It's our first series. It's our first year, uh, series of the New Year, and we're yes. starting starting off with Alien Isolation. Hell yes, yes, it is the first series of the New Year, right? I didn't misspeak on that. We're recording no, this ahead so. of time. Yeah, I think you, I'm you pretty sure this right. is. We got. We got. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Phil's checking the calendar. I'm going to check. I'm going to sure. check you for accuracy, but I, check I believe. That yes, this should be the first of the new year. You can't year. be a podcast host without having a guy check you for accuracy. Exactly. You know, Joe Rogan. I don't think that's Joe allowed. Rogan does it. <laughs> Joe Rogan does it. Like, Obviously, hey, hey, can, we, can we can we look? Can we have somebody look that up, please? Can we have somebody? Yes, yes. This this will be our first episode of 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, I remembered the calendar uh, off the top of my head. He sure did. Uh, he when this he is supposed to go anything. out. He I just went brazenly into the uh, into the unknown <laughs> without without a parachute, without a bungee cord. He just without jumped. a parachute, without a net. Ah. I was on that tightrope. He was ready, and uh, then we got the confirmation. And oh, my chair is dropping again. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Something had to go wrong. The, the hydraulic thing on my chair has been like messed up recently. And so it'll be for nine hours out of ten, it'll be fine. And then randomly, I'll be sitting in it, and it'll just start going. It comes the incredible <laughs> shrinking, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what's going? Oh fuck. Okay, well, I just gotta lift my butt up and, and get this chair back in the right spot. I, at at some point with my de- uh, desk chair, I obliterated. Uh, the right armrest. Like, there is oh. no rest. It's just a bare metal skeleton with screws and shit hanging off of it. And uh, and every time Emily sees it, she's like, is it maybe time to get a new uh, computer chair? And I do the old man thing where I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the chair. I'm there's not no- putting my arms down anyway. <laughs> if, you, if you have time to put the, your arms down, you have time to clean. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I hate cleaning. <laughs> I'll be sitting, I'll be standing in the kitchen, like making pasta or something like that. Um, and I'll just be like leaning against the counter. And my wife will come into the kitchen and say, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean. <laughs> and God I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm, I can't, I'm watching water boil. <laughs> it's very important. It's very important that keep I watch keep this. an eye on this water. Keep an eye on it. <laughs> no, I'll, usually I'm just doom scrolling through Twitter. Yeah. But yes, earlier I mentioned uh, 20 minutes ago, I mentioned that we were going to be talking about alien isolation. That's right. We're talking about the book based on the Vidya game. That was yes. released in 2014. It's a survival horror game. It was developed by Creative Assembly and published by Sega. Sega. Um, 
and it is uh it is one of my favorite games of all time one of mine as well yes easily it's, it is it is an amazing game uh it's it's uh you you take control uh the character is amanda ripley who is the daughter of ellen ripley and you're uh investigating your mother's disappearance and you're on the space station and there's an alien as by the title there's aliens in there <laughs> and they're haunting you and it's you're great. isolated and you're isolated you're very isolated <laughs> very isolated very uh isolated. but yeah it came out um yeah it was in 2014 i'm surprised that there hasn't been like a a sequel or a remaster or anything of the sort because they, they did do a mobile game based on they it did them they did a mobile game. They did a mobile game. I played it exactly one time. It's very Five Nights at Freddy's uh, uh, kind of oriented, where it's just you're in the one space and you have to. Sure. Um, yeah. It's it's it. Uh, I guess I could see the value in such a game, but uh, no. At the same time, no. That's please, <laughs> please no. No. Um. Yeah. So that's that's basically the game that uh, this book is based on. Um, Phil, can you, can you tell me a little bit about, um, what's his face? The author, um, Oh yes. Keith R a something, something he's got, a he's got a lot of going on <laughs> Keith in his name. R a Candido. Candido. Uh, no, Keith R a day Candido. God, I love that name. It's a great, it's a very involved name, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of starts and stops and, uh, it's, it, and it's funny cause on the, on this book, it's Keith R. A. D. Candido, uh, but when you when you do a little research of him, it very quickly just becomes Keith D. Candido, which is yeah, still, sure. you know, very, you know, it's a lyrical name. It goes it's a up lyrical and down. name. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy is another one of our writers for hire. This guy has been writing for all the franchises. His kind of specialty, though, seems to be Star Trek. He has written a ton of Star Trek novels, short stories, comics, um, you know, novellas, all of that stuff. He's done a ton of it, but he's also done stuff for Farscape, uh, World of Warcraft, uh, Starcraft Ghost, Dungeons and Dragons, Stargate, uh, Marvel, uh, Spider-Man. He, he's done, you, you name a franchise, he's probably had some uh, uh, take on it. He's done Resident Evil. We'll probably eventually get to some Resident Evil stuff. And there's uh, non SD Perry Resident Evil stuff. There is indeed. It's based on the movie. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not quite. We might <laughs> we might eventually get to that when we're old and gray. That's and like that's like shit. a copy of a copy. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It's a Xerox <laughs> of a Xerox. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's done a ton of Farscape. He did Buffy the Vampire Slayers. Um, he did. a He did. Uh, for their novelization, he did. Uh, oh, what is it? What's this one? Serenity. That was the one uh, he did. Oh. That was that was kind of a kind of a that to me was one that really stood out in terms of true, pure geek cred. If you wrote the yeah. novelization of Serenity, I feel like that's. Yeah, I don't care important. if you take the sky from me. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's he had the he had the uh, in enviable duty of uh, of uh, writing down uh, a few uh, tragic uh, words in a third act for that one. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he, I am a leaf upon the wind and, uh, poor, poor went out for wash everybody. Yeah. Oh, wash. Oh, wash. 
everybody. Slancha was. You know, Slancha, yeah. you know. So this guy's got chops. Uh, I, I There is no way in hell that this show continues that we don't cover more of his work. Uh, he's done TV novelizations, video game novelizations. He is all over the place. Uh, and of course, he's done Alien Isolation, which we're going to get into it. But uh, this strikes me as actually a very important novelization uh, mm-hmm. because my first the first thing that I wanted to bring up about this was that whereas you can play Alien Isolation, the video game, and not even really know all that much about the Aliens universe and and enjoy it. Sure. Not not so with this book. We're going right. to we're going to get into why, but you really to fully appreciate this novelization, you're going to want to know Alien, uh, at very least Alien, the film. And right. It goes deep into some canon shit that uh, I've read this yeah. before and I and it startled me this time around. I, I was keeping a closer eye on these things. I was like, oh, I if this is canon, this is kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't have I mean, I love Alien as a franchise, I even love the, I even kind of like the bad ones. Um, yeah, sure. Like even the, even the bad alien movies I'll still watch, uh, mm-hmm. because fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Um, what, I, what else am I going to do with this life? <laughs> watch John Carpenter's the thing again. You think I- you're better than me? <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not. You think you're too good for head, head spiders. You're not. <laughs> The, the spiders, they're on your face. Anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so, but my familiarity with the lore and the canon and all that stuff seems to come and go um, mm. in, in my brain. I got too many other bits of lore in there. It's fair. It's, it, there's there's only much, so much room. There's only so much room for lore. You know, a lot of it's Dark Souls. In, yeah, I don't, there. I don't re- for the record, I don't. I don't know if I trust geeks that have more than like three franchises worth of like solid lore in their head. If you when you go beyond the third one, when you start getting into like really knowing your fourth big franchise, there be dragons. There be dragons. There's (laughs) we got we're getting into a whole sketchy uncharted area here. I don't know what it's done to your brain. And I worry. That's all. I'm not saying you've got body parts in the attic. I'm saying maybe. You know what happens if you know more than three lores, Mm. three whole lores? Gamergate. Gamergate. Yeah, probably. That's how you get a Gamergate. You start harassing women on the internet. Probably. Yeah. You you start harassing women on the internet. So keep your lores tight, people. Yeah. Stick to two Three of them at tops, you know, just or none or none. Or you don't none have to know all. any none at all. Don't you know care. It's a fun, you know, it's a fun thing to read. Uh, American uh, uh, theater. Read that and learn about, you know, what's what's going on in your regional, you know, off Broadway. Go thing. to see some theater. Yeah. Yeah. Go to the museum. Go to the museum. You Not everything has to be lore. No. There are things out there. It's okay. There's things out there. God damn it. Now, anyway, Alien said Isolation. said that, let's talk about Alien Lore. Let's uh, talk about <laughs> Alien Isolation. Let's get ne- let's get deep into the let's 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 put the body in the mosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that needs to be a sticker at very least. Let's put All right. 
I'm calling it now. We need to. That needs to be an official part of our of our lore. And when we're when, when we're getting into the book, when we're getting into it, we're putting the body. Let's in put the, the mosh. body in the mosh. All right. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Let's put. Yep. That's, you guys that's need to hold begin- us accountable for this. By the way. We, <laughs> if you catch us not using this terminology, if you catch us not saying put the body in the mosh, you gotta you gotta respond to us yep. saying why are you laughing? This isn't reality TV. Yes, that's exactly. that's the re- that's the response. That's the response. Um, <laughs> you gotta call us on this shit. We're never gonna learn if you don't hold us accountable. <laughs> that's the next line, isn't it? He's. He, oh, uh, don't laugh. This ain't reality. Don't TV. laugh. This ain't reality. <laughs> TV. Uh, we're really working on. We got two super cuts coming up. One is going to be a, a 40K and the other one's going to be departed. Look, it's inevitable that in 2023, we got new things coming down the pipeline. We're not going to get into it now, but we've got it's going to be a cool year for us. And uh, if if one of those isn't just a live stream of us watching the departed, um, what have we done with our lives, really? And saying the lines as yeah, they're oh, said on the screen. There's no. You're not going to get it. anything out of the mm-hmm. live stream other than that. So, alien nope. isolation. Let's put the body in the mosh. Let's put um, the body in the mosh. <laughs> uh, so we start with a prologue section uh, and chapter one, which structurally, first off, prologues <laughs> to me normally historically are like the Roman numeral pages. And, right. <laughs> and oh, so not, you, skip, you skip prologues is what you're saying. No, no, I don't always skip prologues, but uh-huh. to me, they're kind of like denoted as skippable, you know? <laughs> skip option. It's side. It's 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 a side quest for the hold, book. Hold X to skip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't necessarily need it. No. Um, but no, this prologue is is just basically part zero of yeah. of the book. Um, if you are familiar with the game, this section will seem very familiar with you to you. Uh, just it's weird where it's uh, where it's been put is very different than from where it is in the game. Yeah. So chapter one, we get background on the salvage vessel Anisadora and her crew. Uh, we got Captain Marlowe. And one of his texts, Lewis, and they're discussing the discovery of the Nostromo's flight recorder. Uh, they then begin picking up a distress beacon from LV-426, which is a very central one bit of lore. I do know that's a very central planet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of an important lore. one. Kind of an important one. LV-426 was on the Nostromo's flight path. According to the flight plan they found in the flight log recorder, and they're like, you know what? We're going to go. We're going to make our way to that planet. They then figure it out that the Nostromo could not possibly be on that planet based on the information they extract from the recorder. And we're like, they're like, you know what? We're going to go down there anyway. We're going to we're going to check it out because Nostromo stopped there. We know they stopped there. So there must be something important down there. Good Lord, help these folks. Right. It's it's, <laughs> it's I've read a lot of alien novelizations and just alien extended universe books. It is one of my favorite franchises. And it's always the same. It's always the same. 
Uh, and it never stops being fun. <laughs> it never stops being fun. It never does. So chapter two of the prologue, the crew is getting their stuff together. They land the ship. They exit the ship only to see that there is a big old ship out there that's crash landed. And it definitely is not the Nostromo. Yeah. And in chapter three, uh, we get some descriptions of the ship. It's it's definitely alien. It's huge. They're walking through it. They're investigating it. They get to the the iconic room from the original movie. They get in mm-hmm. there. They have the the navigator and the seat and the turret and all that yep. stuff. And they're looking around. And then Foster, who is Marlo's uh, wife, yeah, starts looking around and she's like, "Hey guys, come over and take a look at this. I found some wet eggs." <laughs> Good news, guys. Wet eggs. Wet what? eggs. What? Keith D. Candido does not spare any words describing their wetness or sliminess nope. or clamminess. Or their egg-titude. Or their egg-titude <laughs> in this section. He had, and Foster, he had, his, he had his rhyming dictionary and his, his thesaurus and everything. He was like, yeah, all of those words. Put them all in. <laughs> wet eggs it. and ham. By mm. Dr. Seuss. <laughs> By Dr. D. Candido. <laughs> Dr. D. Candido. Uh, D. Candido, by the way, sounds like uh, some sort of Cuban jazz that Count Basie. It sounds like a song, a Cuban jazz song that Count Basie would have played in the 1940s. It's it's, it's time for the D. Candido. <laughs> um, so. Foster leans over the wet egg, looks directly down at the wet egg. In my notes, I have never leaned over a wet looking egg. It is it is such a, a, a rookie mistake. Rule number one in alien movies. Just the alien franchise or really any sci fi yeah. uh, wet eggs. Don't look directly down over them. You can it's look not, at them from yeah. the side. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, 20, look at 20 them. feet distance is always nice. You could nice. you could get some distance and look down at it. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're not really sure the proportional, the propo- propulsion, the strength. Yeah, of- I don't think they're spring loaded per se. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. My, my, my guts tell me, you know, 20 feet, probably 20, 20 feet, feet and you're safe. Just to be safe. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if we're being honest here, if we're splitting hairs, 10 is probably mostly okay, but there's always an outlier, people. There's don't always, be an outlier. You don't want to be the wet egg outlier. No, you don't. So, <laughs> you know what happens next? Face hugger out the egg on her face. Mm-hmm. They bring her back to the ship, despite one of the crew members is like, no, we got to quarantine her. And there's always, yeah. Mar- <laughs> Marlo's There's always like, one person with a good idea. Uh, Marlo's like, she's my wife, God damn it. And, yep. you know, that's the end of that. And that's and that. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to part one, determination. Now, that entire segment takes place. I want to say that entire segment actually takes place after the we get to the end of part one like where part one ends in the book is actually where this segment takes place in the game when she finds the nostromo flight recorder right i I think yeah that's that's happening hold on 
that is happening um, at the same time as our introduction to uh, Ripley. So that's happening beforehand. Chronologically, this is this seems sound. Right, right. No, no, I get it. I, yeah. I just say, I'm just saying in the game when you play it, it's a oh, flashback. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of the book. Um, yeah. yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That all that you basically it's honestly my favorite part of the game. Uh, you get this interlude. Uh, I want to say halfway through the games. It feels like it was halfway through the game. Um, I haven't played it in a year or so, but and you and you find yourself on that planet, you know, and you get to relive the space jockey and all that shit. And then, yeah, you get the the face hugger. Um, yeah. And it's I love that part of the game. God, it's fun. Such a good game. So oh. we're in part one now, which is called Determination. Yes. And uh, we're in chapter four. We are introduced to Amanda Ripley, the very cynical daughter of Ellen Ripley. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. cynicism abounds and yes. with good reason. Sure. Uh, she's a mechanic. Yeah. She's a mechanic. She lives on the moon. And she works on a bunch of different types of ships and engines and whatnot. She's very, very good at her job. And when we meet her, she is a little bit bummed that her friend Zula has shipped out without giving her a heads up. Now, question for you. Hmm. It's written kind of like in circles. Is Zula her girlfriend or just a friend? Because the way it's written is... Seems like it's like it's 2014 and we're trying to toe a line. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and honestly, uh, they they take a pretty strong stance on not coding uh, uh, Amanda Ripley in the same way that Ellen Ripley was with Ellen. You know, it's like with, she was a tough, you know, tough broad, but there was still a level of, you know, sexuality to her when it came to men and stuff like that. We saw that, sure. and, you know, it's hinted at an alien. It's, it's, you know, a- and aliens and alien three. What am I talking about? It's all of them. Uh, it, she, she likes the boys and uh, ain't sure. nothing wrong with that. We do not get a similar thing with Amanda. And yeah, I think you might be right. I think we might be, I think there might be some queer coding here for, uh, her daughter. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very faint queer coding. Sure. For Amanda, but again, not not really explicit in the text. No, um, no. There but is I think- there is one line later in the book that makes me think more so about it uh than than this opening section. And we'll talk about it when it when it comes up. But yeah. yeah. Um but I was like, oh, that would be badass. But yeah. it seems like it's a it's kind of a half measure here. Yes. Um, and it certainly doesn't match with um, with what we, we, we don't even get a, the, the slightest hint of that in the game. Uh, so it might be DeCandido trying to have some fun with it, trying to and, trying to put a little bit of a zest into it. Yeah, a little, because a little all of this. All, right. All of this before Samuels comes in is added material. Yes. Because yes. the first scene of the game is actually this scene where Samuels, Samuels interrupts her work and is like, hey, we found something that might lead to the uh, lead to your mother. Yeah. And she really is no interested in fucking around with Wayland Yutani's stuff. Samuels is like, we're going to check it out to Sevastopol Station, me and another executive. You're free to come along or not. You right. know, it's your choice. And 
and uh, and Samuels by far. Uh, if you are to me, I Samuels is one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. in in the game. He is a legit good dude. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one of, a, which is, one of a few. <laughs> one of a few. Uh, so uh, he he invites her. She thinks about it. She's like, all right, fine, I'm doing it. We move on to chapter five and Amanda has been in cryo sleep and she's having dreams of her mother. And they're like these little snippets from her childhood. Yeah. Um, her her father, uh, her mother and her bio dad splitting up, uh, which I believe his name was Alex. Yeah. And then her mother and her stepfather, Paul, and their relationship. And Paul, for all intents and purposes, was there since, you know, Amanda could really remember things. Uh, but their relationship is just deteriorating over time but yeah. because Paul had been in her life for so long. Once they do get a divorce, you know, a man like the custody does end up kind of split between uh, uh, Ellen uh, Ripley and Paul. Yeah. Um, and also her mom is going on longer and longer trips to pay off their debts. And then she wakes up and then yeah. in the kitchenette, she talks to Nina Taylor, who is the other Wailing yutani executive. She's a lawyer. And Amanda is talking about hypersleep and uh, Amanda's like, all right, uh, basically Amanda begins opening up to her. And in chapter six is a full flashback to Amanda's childhood. Basically, the moments leading up to Ellen Ripley's disappearance from her perspective. Yeah. Uh, Amanda was young um uh, and and her mom comes home from one trip and says i'm going again again in a month and i'm going to be gone for 2 years which whew, that's yeah. that's a lot to put on a kid a like, i'm going for yeah. t- i'm going for 2 years and i'm leaving you with your alcoholic stepfather yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they do a good job of and this is what i was this is the stuff that i was getting at earlier when i said that this feels like an important novelization and just an important book in the alien lore uh, simply because none of this is in the video game. None of this. Yeah. Uh, right. you are just, you're just playing Ellen Ripley's kid looking for a mom, you know, for all intents and purposes, she might as well be just a stand in for Ellen Ripley. Um, right. And that's awesome. And, it, and, it, and they, we do get to know her character and everything, but this is a novelization of a video game that basically introduces a huge lore dump uh, for Ellen Ripley. We find out about the father of her child. We find out about her, you know, second husband and her daughter and the, the, the circumstances surrounding that. And it, it's a very big deal uh, because they, they don't, you know, Ellen's, issue with motherhood not issue but her her troubles with being a mom and and wanting to continue that feeling as this that franchise goes on uh it doesn't you know they they it's not <laughs> those movies weren't made uh in the 21st century and therefore they didn't feel the need to over explain every little detail of her character which right. is something we do now um yeah. And so this is a to me this section of the book is a very very big deal because it might be the only as far as I know it might be the only example of background on Ellen Ripley yeah. like before all the shit hit the fan 
Uh, yeah. it, it's really, really and, and the fact that I don't know if I got to do that in a video game novelization, I'd probably be pretty fucking excited. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you get to create whole cloth. Yeah. The, the background and child, like pre alien background for Ellen Ripley. This, yeah, that's this amazing. iconic character. Yeah. That's huge. That is yeah. huge. So very cool stuff. It's really, very interesting. And so there there's, they meet with, um, they take her, Amanda, Ellen, and Paul go to the station when Ellen is leaving. They meet Captain Dallas uh, while while they're leaving, and Paul is none too impressed with Captain Dallas because he, <laughs> no. he's like, "You're you're fucking him, aren't you?" Um, and first of all, Paul, you guys yeah. are divorced. Like, just sim- simmer down. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Settle. Like it's Settle. not you. Like it's uh, you, she's. That's not your wife anymore, motherfucker. Chill. So, um, but, but in his in Paul's defense, Kevin, uh, yeah. who among us wouldn't be deeply intimidated by Tom Skerritt in his prime? Oh God, Tom Skerritt in his prime. Oh man, that, that face could cut glass. You can't win. You can't win. You find you out your win. ex is with Tom Skerritt, even he if she's just he, hanging with him. No, oh, man. He could just glare you to death. Yeah. His eyes. Yeah. He's, oh, burn a cavity right through your fucking face. It's exactly. And he's charming on top of everything. And he's charming. And he's he's charming. Dallas is, Captain Dallas is great. He's, he, you, you watch that movie. And can't, you can't tell me Captain, Captain Dallas isn't great. Yeah. You can't tell me that like. Long nights on the Nostromo in the cold dead of space that he wouldn't like put his arms around you and just make you feel so safe, you know, despite the fact that you were just eons away from humanity and and life and and the sun and and that he could make you feel like you were one of the suns and that he was a planet rotating around you, making you just feel full of of wonder and full of. I don't you feel know. so good. Uh, okay. <laughs> Might need a break. <laughs> Might need to step away and look up some pictures of Tom Skerritt. Yeah, just- <laughs> I'm not Googling Tom Skerritt. <laughs> um, so each message between as they're the, uh, after they take off, they're uh, sending messages to each other. And each message there's a longer and longer gap between the messages as as the ship moves further away from Earth. Mm-hmm. And it keeps ending with the same repeated, like, heartbreaking line, yeah. which is, see you when I'm 11. Yep. Because that was the promise that Ellen gave to Amanda, is that she would see her when she turned 11. And it's just every message has that, I'll see you when you're 11. I'll see you when I'm 11. And it's like, it's like, oh. Yeah. God, that's Yeah. <laughs> it's you do you know what else I noticed though in these this section of the store uh, the, the 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 video or are they video messages? I don't remember. I'm not sure. It's it doesn't I don't matter. think it's clear. Yeah. It, do you notice how like at times Ellen Ripley kind of like talks to her kid like she's her personal diary? So like there's a level of oh no, oh no. The puppy's, <laughs> the the puppy's gone running. The puppy's um, gone running. Puppy's gone running. Uh, no, she's. T- there are several moments in 
the uh, the logs where like she's talking to her nine year old daughter and being like, yeah, we're having a meeting with uh, over this guy, but he's a pain in the ass. He's always he's a pain in the ass. Like she's talking to her like she's bitching with like a coworker over lunch at times. And it's her really kid's weird. like, OK, mommy, I'll see you yeah. when I'm 11. <laughs> I'll see you when I'm 40 or something, I guess. I'll see you in several years. Right. Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to forget the name of the of the book. There's this one sp- sci-fi book. Um it's 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 written by who's the guy that's kind of like the Starship Troopers guy, but not really. Uh, uh well not Heinlein then. Um Yeah, no, not Heinlein. Um, uh, are you talking about the dude who wrote uh, the Forever War? The Forever War, Forever uh, War. Uh, yeah, Joe yes. Haldeman. Joe Haldeman. So Forever yeah. War. I kept thinking about the Forever War, which is wild in the because of the time dilation stuff that is yeah. is talked about in it, where like these people would go and leave on trips and then for them like it would only have been a month and when they get back to earth it'll have been years have passed because of uh the 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 faster than light travel um and i kept thinking about that as i was reading this section it's not exactly the same but you know it, it it reminded me about that that passage of time yeah uh being lost that's so, always that's always such an interesting theme with anytime you're dealing with hyperspace and you're dealing with yeah faster than light travel and that kind of thing. It's it's I remember I, have, I haven't read that book in years. I'm gonna have to give that one another look. Yeah, Forever War is really good, except for anything to do with uh, LGBTQ stuff. In sure. It. Sure. <laughs> really, really, really fucking bad for that stuff. Yeah. Really terrible. And the author, to his credit, uh, Haldeman has said, oh, I would not write it that way. Like, I, I wouldn't have written it like that way had I known, you know. Oh, that's good. At least there's that. Like, yeah. he regrets that. He that, that he it didn't was, double that, down on it or anything He didn't like double that. down, no. Okay. He's like. <laughs> that's the thing. I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know, times change and they change Because he wrote Forever and, War in the 70s, right? Right. <laughs> and like, who knows? You know, I know that there there's stuff out there of things of, you know, we all have things that we've said or done that, you know, wouldn't travel well, let's say. Uh, sure. Over time, and 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 the only thing you can do in that situation is go. I fuck if I had to do it over, I wouldn't say that. Like, yeah. That's that's, that's yeah. all yeah. you need to do. That's all you need to know. It's, it's like so like, simple. Here's here's my here's my tip for life. You know, a lot of people say live with no regrets. I say live with a lot of regrets because that shows you fucking care. Right? You gave a shit. <laughs> you gave a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have no regrets, huh? Okay. Huh. No, you should regret some of the things you've done. You might. You, should, you might need You should to. be able to, you should be, wish you, you could have done better and use that to inform your behavior going forward, fucker. Yeah, yeah because otherwise no you're just suggesting, I always had it right, period. No regrets. Get the I fuck out of here with right. no Get regrets. Out Get out of here with your no regrets. No regrets, spelled with an R-A-G-R-A-T-S. <laughs> right that tattoo. Right. Regrets. Regrets. Uh, so on the day, uh, okay. So one night after they had lost contact, a Wayland Utani employee comes to the house and informs Paul that they are writing off the ship 
Like it's as a total loss. And Paul's like, bad. She's a bitch anyway. Um, because Paul's drunk. It It is fucked up. Fucked up. And Amanda's listening to this, and yeah. Paul is just being like, "I've been the only one who's parenting this girl." Yeah, she, she's <laughs> she's she's always gone anyway. What difference does it make? It's okay, Paul. Jesus. Okay, Paul. Uh, on the day that Ellen was supposed to return, Amanda goes to the starport where the ship was supposed to land, and Paul. She get there's like a security guy who calls, and Paul comes and picks her up, and Paul shows some tenderness in this moment, like. Right. He actually shows some tenderness towards Amanda, like, oh, you know, we got to go, honey. Like, it's, yeah, it's weird. They do that a couple of times in this section where it's like Paul one second is very sweet in his own way and that kind of thing. And then he's just a fucking drunken monster. Yeah. Like when he's sober, he seems like an all right dude. Right. And then he just has this other side of being drunk and uh, just he's he's not physically abusive no but he's he's very just vulgar and shitty you know just kind of emotionally abusive yeah yeah so uh yeah that's that's the end of chapter six we're in chapter seven now and uh taylor thanks amanda for confiding all that to her uh, and then Amanda goes to talk to Samuels, who mentions how valuable Taylor will be in negotiating a new release of the cargo because everything is going to go perfectly. Absolutely. Of course. And Why we meet that? Verlaine. Verlaine is the captain of the ship. And while they're standing on the deck, something clearly has gone wrong. Uh, the the place where the uh, the the ship is supposed to land is it. It's not open. They can't dock. Uh, yeah. and only static is coming from the from Sevastopol. They can't hear anything. There is a there is some sort of communication going out, but it's not clear. So they decide to do a spacewalk over to Sevastopol. And it's not that far of a spacewalk. You know, they can they can get there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So they shoot one of those little cables over from the ship to Sevastopol station. And uh, Taylor is losing her goddamn mind because she is a lawyer, everybody. She does not know how to do a spacewalk. Yeah. Samuels has done spacewalks. Uh, Ripley has done spacewalks. Uh, Taylor, no. No spacewalks for Taylor. No spacewalks for Taylor. No. Uh, Halfway across, uh, the part of the station blows up. And we find out in chapter eight... It comes and it snaps the cable and they go flying all which way everywhere. Headed chaos ensues and Amanda <laughs> crashes into an opening in the station into uh, an airlock. Uh, the comms, her comm system is completely busted. So she can't talk to Samuels or Taylor, who ended up clearly somewhere else. And she can't talk to the Torrens. And she begins walking through the station and it is a mess. Yeah. First of all, there's nobody around when she first gets in there. Uh, it's and everything, you know, the electricity is going on and off. You know, displays are, you know, buzzing out of sync. Things are getting weird. And as she's walking around, she finds a dead body with a maintenance jack, which is your handy maintenance jack that you use throughout the game. Uh, yes. Basically, to open uh, open the vents as a weapon, sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, never, never by choice, but desperation. Never by choice, but by desperation. And then she gets jumped by a gentleman with a gun. 
Yes. This man, this is chapter nine now, this man's name is Axel, and he is desperate to give up, get off the station because there's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> I, this always drove me crazy. This like, He's, he's, I there's hate a killer the out there. It's like, uh, is that really the word for it? Yeah. <laughs> and this isn't Keith R.A. Candi- Candido's word. This is how he says it in the game, where, yeah. he's, where he goes to a man who's like, there's a killer out there. And <laughs> and we're like, it, he, he really downplays whatever the fuck it is. He just right. says it's a killer. He doesn't say it's a monster. He knows it's a monster, right. but he and just he calls knows. it a killer. He just calls it a killer. <laughs> he chooses not to, he's just like, he, does, he he leaves out penis head shit. Like he just, but he's just like, no, it's a, yeah. <laughs> There's a killer out there. It's they, they 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 put MSG in the in the noodles. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. It's gonna it's gonna hypertension. Arr, what is he a pirate? I forget what his, his accent is. <laughs> I think he's Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> Yar, Amanda. Yeah. There's there be, be a killer, killer here. <laughs> So, <laughs> tell me something else about the killer. No, no, there's no time. <laughs> okay. There's no time to explain. Her. <laughs> Let's go. Let's find your ship and your crewmates, sir. <laughs> so they they run into another pair of survivors, and Axel immediately escalates things beyond where they need to be escalated by drawing a gun on them, uh, oh, which yeah. seems to be his go-to move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's got one the, move, basically. Yeah. These two survivors were fixing an elevator. And after a brief encounter, they leave. They're like, all right, well, we're going to go on this elevator now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. Uh, okay. Weird, uh, weird meeting you and everything. They uh, and and they come around to a, a group of well-armed individuals. Now, this is a kind of a. Most of the game is going to be stealth. You're going to be yep. doing a lot of stealthy stuff in the game. In the this moment, this is one of the first real stealth moments of the game to be like, oh, here's how you stealth. Yeah. Um, this is that scene in the book. They come across a bunch of individuals. They're kind of hanging around this lobby area. And uh, you have to Amanda goes through some vents and she sneaks around and then she fucks with their generator. So they're like, oh, somebody fucked with the generator. Ah." Yeah. And then her and Axel continue on. (laughs) (laughs) And they get to like there's like a brief puzzle room or whatever uh, where they both have to hit a button at the same time. Yeah. Axel, they hit the buttons. They open the door and Axel gets hit in the head with a crowbar to a guy. A uh, guy named Jenkins. His name's yes. Jenkins. We do hear yeah. a name. This is important. This is important because Jenkins is going to fucking die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we want you to get to know Jenkins really well because he won't be here in one and a half pages. Uh, so Amanda knocks Jenkins out with her her wrench. Yeah. And then Axel shoots the guy in the fucking face. And then they get away. And Amanda is not too happy about Axel's decisions. She's shocked. Uh, yeah, she is shocked. She's like alarmed. we didn't actually need to kill him, right? And now the people see that they killed Jenkins and open fire on them. <laughs> so they're running. They get away, and they're they're arguing. 
they're arguing about what what just happened here. You know, like why you kill that guy and Axe is yeah. like, it's yar, it's kill or be killed. <laughs> it's about survival. It's about survival. You ever you ever uh, you, you ever listen to a ghost story, Amanda? And well, you're in one. <laughs> I'm Jeffrey Rush. Um, <laughs> I really need this work, please. Just I let me keep a being paycheck. in pirate movies. Let me be the pirate with the the, the pirate face. So. <laughs> I mean, he is. He was born to play that role. Let's face facts. You can't see Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush in the Pirates movies and then see him in something else. Jeffrey like, Rush. What has, is that pirate doing in this? Uh, yeah, you know, Jeff. He has drama. a fatal case. He has a fatal case of pirate face. He really does. Is he still alive? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I feel like I know his feedback. I would know deep down inside. I didn't know he was Australian. Wild. Um, yeah, he's still alive. Still, oh, he 71. Is, he is younger than I thought he was. That is. I thought he was like 85. He is I, only 71. Yes. He is a Jesus bare Christ. minimum of a minimum a decade younger than I thought he was. Jeffrey At- Rush. Just too much pirate face. You too got, much. You, you got a pirate face, Jeffrey. You yeah. look like you've been sailing the high seas since you were 15. You, you done good with your career, Jeff, but man. Hey, you put it to good use. Yeah. Especially in uh, House, the uh, House on Haunted Hill, or no, The Haunting of Hill House, whichever one of the fucking movies that came out in 1998 where you play <laughs> Vincent Price. You remember yeah, that? When oh, he, God, I never when saw he played that, a guy who was like, he played the Vincent Price role uh, from, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, and Chris Kattan was in that movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a weird time. That was a weird time. It's a weird in, time in movies in movie um, in movie history. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, alien fucking kills Axel while they're oh, having yeah. this discussion. <laughs> By the yeah. way. Alien sees uh, an opportunity for some poetic justice and just kills sorry, the shit. Sorry, uh, a, a, a tail bursts through his chest. We don't oh, know right. if it was the alien yet. We'll have alleged to wait to find alien. Out. The alleged it's, alien. <laughs> it's uh, because before he dies, Axel goes, it's the killer." <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. It's the, I feel like there's more information you could be offering, sir. <laughs> I realize that we haven't had all the time in the world to chat, but it's been more than a few minutes. And as my heart beats his last blood, I have one thing to say. This is the killer and I regret nothing. This is the killer. (laughs) Oh, no, it's the killer. And you're like, are you? uh, Does that word mean something different up here? (laughs) No, uh, I don't think so. Up here, killers slang for... A, a monster with a head like an eggplant and a secondary set of teeth. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see what happened. I think the disconnect. Yeah. 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 Every, cause you know, they're just texting each other. The, the eggplant emoji. And <laughs> it means something different in the Sevastopol. Totally station. different. Totally different. It's not nearly as sexy. Uh, not nearly as sexy. Not or is it? I mean, kind of little, but not all, not all, not for everybody. Not all, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. 
So chapter 11, um, actually, no, she, there's, there's this moment and it's one of my favorite moments of the game after this happens. If, uh, basically you run away from, you run down the hallway, you press the button to, to hit the tram and the music's just like being really tense yeah. and you're just like standing there waiting for the tram to get there. Ugh. And it's just taking forever. It takes forever. And, and I remember the first time I played it, like I was like, duh, and I ran into the tram and hit the button. I was no, like, the, I was- <laughs> the first time I played Alien Isolation, that whole section, uh, I, 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 it, I may have crept along so slow. It took me like an hour or something like that to get through that section. And uh, and then I remember playing it a second time. I was actually doing it on Twitch. And uh, and I played through it and I knew what was going to happen. So I wasn't as afraid. And uh, and the, and I was surprised to find that that whole section takes maybe 15 minutes. Like <laughs> if you're not if you're not creeping and going as slow as possible at every given opportunity, it's really not that long of a section. I think it, and I think if you wait too long, you can get killed by the alien in that part. Oh, I'm that's not funny. sure. Um, or if you're like, if, if you wait too long to get on the tram or something like that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> she gets on the tram, she gets out of there, uh, and she arrives at the next spire. And this is the part where I was thinking about the, because she has this internal monologue about regretting, uh, leaving, you know, Luna or mm-hmm. the moon and, um, she also regrets, she regrets leaving Luna. She's like, I had my job there. I had Zula there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe that's yeah. reinforcing the very slight queer coding that we have. I, but yeah, I, I don't- think, I think if, uh, if, if you walked away from that first part of it going, I don't know, that's a bit of a stretch. I think that second one kind of just confirms it. You know, you just, yeah. You know, it, yeah. I don't think a lot of people do that. It's like, I, I used to have my pal back there, you know, my pal. That's my red. pal. Yeah. They were just roommates. Yeah, they were roommates. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so she enters a large room and sees a woman kicking one of the bulkheads. And Amanda is just like, oh, another person. And then she makes a sound and the woman points a gun at her. Amanda <laughs> ducks and the woman goes to find uh, find help. And then Amanda's like, well, I'm going to steal her shit. So he steals, she steals the thing that the woman was using this little, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something that it's the, it's the hack tool that you used to open doors. Um, and she gets away from them and she goes down a spiral staircase and she finds herself in a tech support room and the flight recorder of the Nostromo is right there. Mm -hmm. And when she enters the code to open it up, it says it has no data dun 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 so everything everything she's fought for so far is has been pointless yeah and uh she's that's the end of part one that's the end of part one it's it's good i mean i like it it's it's very it's, it provides a it moves through the game sections really briskly so far yeah yeah i i think of most of the books we've read this this one might be right up there with if you didn't know any better i don't think there's any reason that you would have known that this was based on a video game right right you know, we we've read through you know take um 
uh, Halo, the flood, for example, that's a really good example where it's like, there's a good healthy mixture of non video game stuff and video game stuff, but it's pretty clear, you know, it's like, okay, background, background, and then level, 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 level. Okay. We're through the level. Now here's some original stuff and now level, level, level. And it's, it, 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 it falls into a pattern you can kind of follow. Uh, right. Not so much with this so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and the one thing I uh, I'll, I'll point out, and this is something I didn't, I guess I didn't realize when I played the game, because when the game you get to the the Nostromo flight recorder and there's no data and she she's upset. Earlier in the prologue, there was data on the front flight recorder. Yes. Yes. And it's the data that points them to LV four two six. Right. So clearly somebody has already has scrubbed the data from the flight recorder already. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with the information on LV two four two six, we don't really know who uh, at this point because it's the Wayland the Wayland Utani staff who owns the flight recorder are going there right now to get it. Right. So it's not Wayland Utani that has right. the information. Right. Uh, it makes maybe it's like a Siegson person or something like that. I I don't I don't really know, but. Yeah, so I, I think that was a uh, that was an interesting wrinkle that I actually never put together before. Yeah, it's a it's a clever moment. I really like it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if that's if that's all we have to say on the book so far, mm. um, I have one question for you. Hold on. Okay. I feel like I got a burp. Okay, you got burp first, and then ask your question. What are you playing? Oh well. Uh, I actually finally got started on Stray. Oh, okay. Kitty cat yeah. game. I'm playing the super good boy cat, uh, who looks suspiciously like my cat Jonesy, uh, upsettingly like him, in fact. Uh, and it's making me play the game harder and more for keeps than any edition of XCOM I've ever played where I named the characters after my friends and family. Sure. Uh, and, uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's your very good boy, Jonesy. And my there. very good boy, Jonesy. And I, 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 I crumble <laughs> over how well they've, uh, oopsie, Jonesy's out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they heard him. Uh, no, it, I, every time it, the, the design of the cat and the movements and the sound effects, I got the achievement for making the cat meow a hundred times. I think about sure. ten minutes into playing the game, yeah. so uh, you found that dedicated meow button. That and you dedicated just... meow button. I <laughs> abused it. I abused the privilege. And uh, no, I, I I know it's not a very long game. I think I'm about a third of the way through it or so. I I really like the world. I like the way it looks. I like the way the game feels and plays. I'm really enjoying it so far. It's, That's awesome. I'm, I'm I'm glad I got around to it. It's it's really really enjoyable. Cool. And uh, and I and I just can't stop playing against the storm. That's become yeah. That that I, a game hasn't gotten its hooks into me that much since Vampire Survivors. Like this honestly. is your this has become your everyday game, right? It this really is, your, is. I adore yeah. it. I've gotten a, this is how you know because you know you have to do certain achievements basically to unlock new things. And so I've got my little notebook here, oh, and boy. I like write down some of the, like these are the most achievable things based on where I am. So let's keep it here so I can cross them off the list. Yeah. And I've got it handy. 
Um, at, uh, that game is that game is going to be a game of the year uh, for me without a yeah. shadow of doubt in my mind. Uh, awesome. Bear in mind, folks, we're we're recording this before we've recorded our game of the year. Episode, game of the year, so. yeah, we're recording this just come out in in December 2022 for January 2023, um, and our game of the year episode will have been the week before this episode comes out. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. bear and with if, us. And if, but. if Against the Storm isn't on my game of the year list, then they did something. They hurt me somehow. They uh, hurt you somehow. They hurt me somehow. But that's that's what, what I'm doing. Uh, Kevin, what are you playing? Look, first, look at this tiny little dog. Look right at that here. tiny dog. She's so tiny. You're so that's small. You're so How do you small. even function? You're so small. <laughs> so little. <laughs> oh, you're trying to get up on the bed and you can't. <laughs> I think my cats might be bigger than your dog. Uh, well, Brayton is ten pounds, and and Bella is probably twelve pounds. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not then. Maybe not. Just yeah. just from just from the camera angle, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's small, but she's she's thick. She's yeah. Well, yeah, I can relate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she's a thick little thick little chihuahua. Uh, thick princess. <laughs> thick princess. Um. Yeah, so what am I playing? What aren't I playing? Uh, I am playing Marvel Snap uh, all the time. Um, I I I got a deck that I'm really loving right now. Uh, Yeah, congratulations, Bella! You got oh, she made it. Look at look at her. She made it. Look look at them. You're such a big strong girl. Oh yeah, you made it, Bella. (laughs) We're proud of you. (laughs) Uncle Phil's proud of you, Bella. Oh gosh, um, yeah, she doesn't like me very much. Um, <laughs> I'm a cat owner; I can relate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most cat owners can. Um, oh, yeah. Brighton, yeah, we- Brighton's my yeah. good boy. He's he's right up all all up on me. But Bella's like, nah, not a nah. fan. Nah. Not a fan of you. Nah. Um, not uh, yeah, not my cup of tea. Not a fan of you and your face. So. <laughs> Your face specifically bothers me. Your face specifically bothers me. But yes, I'm playing Marvel Snap. I have a deck that I built that I'm really, really loving so far. Mm. Um, It's based around Dracula and the Infinaut. So basically, Dracula is a 4-0. And at the end of the game, you discard a card from your hands. And Dracula gets that power. Oh, and you're aiming to get the Infinite. Yeah, so the Infinite. Yeah, the Infinite's a six twenty, and you can't play the Infinite if you have played something the turn before. So, I get Dracula out in turn four or five, or something. You know, I play normally, and I have Dracula out. The other card I have in my deck is America Chavez, who shows up. She shows up on turn six. So what happens? is on turn six, I play America Chavez in one lane and she's a she's a nine power and I have Dracula in the other lane. And if I've played my cards right, I only have I'm only holding the Infinite. So the Infinite gets discarded and suddenly the opponent is bamboozled by Dracula from going going from a zero power to a 20 power right at the very end of the game. Like nice. the last second of the game, he goes to 20. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. Yeah. 
it's i love it <laughs> that's cool that's cool you can't you can't you can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> oh great i love it uh the other thing i'm playing is another marvel card game uh midnight suns tell me about this game tell me about okay this. made by phyraxis right makers okay. of xcom yep and uh civilization it's sid meyer's company all that good stuff. Yeah, my guys. Uh, this, love these guys. Love these guys. The team that worked on Midnight Suns is specifically the team in Fire Axis who makes XCOM. Yeah. Um, it is a tactics-based card game where you are playing Marvel superheroes and you're you're on the field, but it's not grid-based. Okay. So you have your your characters, you have your enemies. And each turn, you draw another card. So you'll have like a few cards to start with and you'll you'll draw more cards. And each of the cards is an ability. So for some char- characters have uh, have to have at least one of each type of ability. So one's an attack, one's never get the term. It might be like a spell or something like that. And one is a heroic ability, okay. which in order to play that you have to have charged up your hero meter so playing regular cards charges up the hero meter and then the heroic ability usually does something special it depletes a little bit of the hero meter but it does something cool so for like iron man for example uh if you play there's a card that it's like it's like a strafing run or something like that it uses like three hero points from the hero meter but he attacks literally every enemy on the field Okay. Like he f- goes up in the air and he hits everybody. The other thing that's really cool about it is they've created all these enemies that are just kind of like. Uh, I was talking to James Hotsider and he calls them jobbers. Oh, uh, sure. Basically, yeah. basically yeah. they these guys go down in one hit when uh-huh. they're hit, they're KO'd. So what will what will happen is there will be like two or three guys, Hydra guys on the fields who have an actual health bar. And all the rest of them will be jobbers. So sometimes you'll basically you could be like playing as Spider-Man and he'll have a chain kick where it's like two targets or it's like two targets. The first target has to be KO'd to hit the second one. So like you play chain kick, he jumps up in the air, he whips his webs out there and he swings down and he hits one person and he does it again and he goes and he's it's like it is the animation and the movement so much fun the amount of detail into each of the characters it's a blast uh there's this one character called magic uh oh sure i know magic yeah she's like a she's like a former x-men uh who is now part of the midnight suns and she's from limbo or something like that um she basically you can do this thing where you can set her portal her limbo portal anywhere on the field and point it in a direction and then you have her do an ability with knockback. And so she'll punch somebody uh, with knockback and she punches them and a portal opens behind them and they go through the portal and then they come out the other portal. And if you place the other portal right, you could have them fly right into like 
an electrical panel and get right. electrocuted. <laughs> so you so play like portal stuff. with them, basically. Exactly. With magic, you play portal with them. So, so far as I'm playing there, there's uh, the characters I have to choose from are your main character, who's just called Hunter, and that's your creative character. Okay. Um, and then you have Iron Man, uh, Doctor Strange, um, who else? Uh Robbie Ray is Ghost Rider, who mm-hmm. is, I think, Ghost Rider 3. He might be the third Ghost Rider. He's like the newest mm-hmm. of the Ghost Riders. He doesn't use a motorcycle. He uses a, um, like an He's El Camino. Like or something, doesn't he? It's like a, it's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. With like the engine block exposed. Right. Uh, like a hot rod type of, type of situation. Um, so Robbie Ray is, uh, Magic. Uh, Nico Minoru, who was from The Runaways originally. Mm-hmm. And I just picked up, um, oh, Captain Marvel, who is a lot of fun. Nice. And and I just picked up Spider-Man. Okay. Um, and there's more people to unlock through through the course of the game. Uh, but yeah, it's very, it's very awesome. There's another section of the game where it's just, you're in this hub and you talking, you just talk to the the other people on the team. You yeah, can I've take heard them it's out. Very story centered, and you and can take them out on hangouts and increase your friendship meter with them. And if That's you increase so the, wild. and if you increase the friendship meter with other superheroes, you get the option to do to do team up moves with them. Okay, in the combat XCOM, area. Sure. So you have to. So the, like, there's a reason to do that, and there's like little mysteries to solve uh, surrounding Agatha Harkness. And there's and when you go to do the map, like there will be a map with all the like, here's all the missions available. It's like this one. There will be like one. That's a story mission. And then there's like seven other missions. XCOM style where it's like, yeah, you could go do this one, too. You could go do this one if you want to get more gamma coils and you you get gamma coils and you bring them. And Tony Stark does like research on them. Um, So like. There's like the XCOM research and development portion of it that's done by Doctor Strange and Tony Stark. Okay. Uh, and they're like, and then there's like the workshop portion of it, which is Peter Parker and um and Ghost Rider are like they have their garage. It's called the shop. And like you can create items and stuff like that with them. And like the research stuff is Doctor Strange and Tony Stark. Um, so it's I'm gushing about the game, but it <laughs> might be it might be a late entry into my game of the year uh, consideration. Okay, uh, I I really love it, and uh, I I feel like I feel like it's a fill game. I'm I'm so intrigued by it because XCOM <laughs> and Firaxis in general. I mean, that basically was the I I, I was waiting to hear your opinion on it uh, yeah. because there has been uh, uh, some dissatisfied people uh, uh, surrounding it. And, you know, sometimes people have relevant complaints and some, sometimes people are bitching. And uh, the stuff that I I've seen is that a lot of people it's the, it's the, uh, you know, uh, the currency mechanic and paying money within a game that you already paid for and stuff like that, which is a totally valid Sure. Uh, complaint. I uh, haven't seen much reason to do that yet. Right. Um, like you can, but that's just for um, at the uh, at the risk of incurring the wrath of Jim Stephanie Sterling. It is literally just cosmetics. <laughs> right. And I've had no issue earning 
the currency by playing the game okay to buy the cosmetics um so that's that's go ahead and pick it up yeah um, i got paid fuck it you know one of the (laughs) things that i feel like um i was wary about i was like oh it's a card battler boo i wanted XCOM as with superheroes and now i'm like oh no they fucking like there is so much attention to detail in how this game plays and a lot of consideration into every element of the game like even when you get you unlock the side questing stuff uh-huh. there will be a pop-up saying okay this is as much as you need to have played for the rest of the game you don't oh, need to actually okay. play any more of these side quests to continue on if you just want to focus on story missions it's fine the mm-hmm. game literally tells you that like you can just focus on story missions from here on out that's fine that's awesome. yeah but there we do have a lot of other fun stuff for you to play so if you want go and have at it that's cool as shit. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So I like it. I love it. Been a They're big the DLC Marvel week for you. It has been a Marvel week. <laughs> it's been a marvelous week. Uh, uh, subscribe to Pixel It. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do for <laughs> That'll do it for tonight's episode. Um, <laughs> please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PixelitPod. Uh, go to our website, PixelitPod.com, where you can find transcripts of all of our episodes. Uh, you can find links to our Discord, our Steam Curator page. You can find links to our Goodreads account because we're on Goodreads and we post the yes. reviews of the books that we read on Goodreads. Uh, so follow us on Goodreads. God damn it! Damn right. God Goodreads. damn it! It's a beautiful place, I guess. And based on our Spotify rap numbers, y'all are amazing at oh sharing God. us. Y'all oh love us, but you also share us with your friends and your family based on the numbers that we've been seeing. And from the bottom of my heart, Phil and I. Truly appreciate that. But don't stop sharing, fuckers. Yeah, don't stop. (laughs) Just because we thanked you doesn't mean you can stop. You can't stop now. We're still, Uh, we still need more of you. We need more. More. The endorphins. It's never going to be enough. Content creators, we must consume the audience. Content. We need all. Content. We need it all. So, but thank you. Thank no, you. It, it, jokes aside, we really love it. That's it, it's, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to us. Brought a tear to my eye, uh, genuinely, to see all the support that we've been getting there. And that's just from the Spotify folks. If if that means anything across the board, then then you all are the best. And we couldn't really ask for uh, a, a better fan base to really get this show started. So Absolutely. here's to here's to our second full year of <sighs> doing Pixelit. We got a lot of stuff planned. We got our two-year anniversary in June. We got our hundredth episode coming up soon. Uh, we're 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 going on full gears, full gears of podcasting Seriously. Uh, this year. So so buckle in, buckle up, buckle sideways, and have a good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>